Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. Gotta take your soul, you're on your own. The crow flies Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live special Thursday night edition of Way in Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. Thank you all for joining us tonight. It's not a regular schedule Wednesday night program, but what is regular these days? I mean, how can you keep a schedule right now? You know, I don't make millions of dollars doing this show, so it there does come times where things step up. You come up, work, family, just, you know, being an old, worn-down man sometimes. You have to take a break. You have to take a time out. And, you know, not try to do too much, but I had to get this show in because of all that's going on in college football. While it's still fresh on people's mind, and, you know, Sunday we didn't do a show after the committee announced the four-team playoff, and probably a good thing. A lot of people were, you know, unsure about what happened, but after the dust settles, the funny thing is I still feel the same way tonight as I did Sunday morning, watching these rankings come out, the final four, and you you, you started seeing it develop so Saturday night where you have Kurt Herbstreet, all these guys start lobbying. And, I mean, they're lobbying for Ohio State, not, not just before the Wisconsin game, but they were lobbying a couple of weeks into it because they could see the writing on the wall. And they started, you know, using arguments, strength of schedule and all this. But my, my first thing to all these – these so-called experts out there that think they know football. Look, strength of schedule matters in your conference. That's where strength of schedule matters. For everyone out there saying that TCU and Baylor didn't deserve to make it because of their out-of-conference schedule, well, well, my question is, who did who did Ohio State play out of schedule? That, that's what I want to know. What, what's the big difference, first of all, before I get into the main thing? What is the, the fuss? about who Ohio State played out of schedule. But I'll tell you one thing. Between Ohio State, Baylor, and TCU, Baylor and TCU didn't lose an out-of-conference game. I mean, I know they didn't they didn't play the names that, that Ohio State did, but TCU played one team Ohio State did, beat them a lot worse than Ohio State ever thought about beating them. Ohio State loses at home at night to a Virginia Tech team that went to overtime against Wake Forest, tied at zero. That's how good they are, okay? So I, I just want to put that out there for everybody. They played Cincinnati. I mean, wow, that's a that's a real tough game. Navy, Virginia Tech, Kent State, and Cincinnati. That That's their out-of-conference schedule. So when I look at, at these teams, none of them are ranked. None of them are that good. Cincinnati's okay. I mean, they're a decent average team. They, they can't beat a Big Ten team that, that's good enough to to win the Big Ten. So, Cincinnati, I don't care whether you play Navy or whether you play Tulsa. It, it really doesn't matter. And, and I think so many people, if your argument that Baylor and TCU didn't deserve to get in because of their out-of-conference schedule, then you don't know what you're talking about. I, I've said it. And if you're offended by that, I'm sorry. You'll have to get over it because tonight I really could care less about being politically correct and the feelings of everybody out there. So if you have a problem with it, that's your problem. Call in 646-716-5564. 
Give me your take of, of why you think Ohio State should have been in the playoff, or are the are the or my stance why they shouldn't be. You look at the Big Ten. This is why strength of schedule matters to me. You look at the Big Ten, and I'm going to run through Ohio State's schedule with you in conference. They played Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Illinois, Michigan State, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan, and then the Wisconsin game. The Michigan State game was a great win. Okay, that was a great win. I'll give them that. They gave up 37 points. They scored 49. They won that game. Minnesota, Ohio State's just more athletic. Let's, let's be real. It was a close seven-point game. Indiana, 42-27. to 27. Michigan was 28-28 in the fourth quarter. Let's not forget, this was in the horseshoe against a terrible Michigan team. So these are all close games, what I'm telling you. These are bad teams, close games. <laughs> and I, I just don't know what else to say. You lose 35-21 to 21 at home to Virginia Tech. Now let's let's peek over a minute to let's go to Baylor for for giggles. I mean, Baylor, a team that didn't play anybody out of conference. I'll give you that they did not beat a good quality team out of conference. And their schedule: SMU, Northwestern State, Buffalo, and that's all they played. They played three because they do play nine conference games: SMU, Northwestern State, and Buffalo. Neither one of those teams. None of those teams could beat, but could beat Baylor. But I guarantee you, none of Ohio State's out of conference teams could have beaten Baylor either. Now let's look at the the conference schedule: at Texas, twenty-eight to seven; at Iowa State, TCU. They they won that game. At West Virginia, they lost. They lost by fourteen points on the road at the time of a ranked West Virginia team. By the same margin, Ohio State lost at home to to Virginia Tech. They beat Kansas, they beat Oklahoma on the road, they beat Oklahoma State, they beat Texas Tech, and they beat Kansas State. To me, those are a lot better quality wins than what Ohio State did, and that's just my opinion. And, and the reason I'm, I derived that opinion, you look at the you look at the strength of the Big 12. It's a lot tougher, it's a lot deeper, just a lot more talent to me when I watch the Big 12 conference play. So. Don't let anyone fool you here. This this whole decision was about the dollar bill. That's why Ohio State's in there. They're attractive on paper. Ohio State fans travel very well, and they're going to be they're going to show up well represented. I, I get that, but you know, hearing Gary Patterson after the after the committee announced that, you know, I I believe in handling yourself with class. I do, and he did. But I also believe in in telling the truth. I mean, you can you can tell the truth and be and be very tactful about it and not look like Art Bryles did. And, and you know, everybody's talking about Art Bryles, what he did, how he acted, and everything. But the bottom line is, Art Bryles was being authentic, and that's something I look for every day in people. Just be yourself. And he didn't throw any by any other team. He didn't say Ohio State didn't deserve it. He were, he focused on his team. And, you know, he talked about having Southerners on the committee. I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. The guy's upset. He, he loves his team. He loves the game of football. He felt like he was cheated. And I said all along, Baylor deserved to be in over TCU. They beat TCU. They won the Big 12 Conference, and, and they should have been in. But Ohio State comes in is a nine-point underdog to Alabama on a neutral side. What that means is 
if that game was in Tuscaloosa, Ohio State would be about a 16-point underdog in Tuscaloosa. The same place Auburn was a 7-point underdog in. So Baylor, TCU both would be a 6- to a 7-point favorite over Ohio State. So are you telling me right now that the best four teams got into this playoff? And then we have the Florida State Seminoles that that went up from four to three with a two-point win against a, an average Georgia Tech team. So does Florida State deserve to be in? They're undefeated. Uh, they, they play in the ACC conference. And this is the thing. Out of the four teams, two of the weakest conferences – and America's champion got in there. So right off the bat, you look at the point spread. This doesn't take a genius, guys, so follow me. Oregon, nine, nine-and-a-half point favorite over Florida State. This is going to be a blowout probably. Oregon's going to go out, going to be out west. It's kind of a home game for them. They're going to probably blow Florida State out because you're, they're not going to get behind Oregon by 21 points and come back and win. I'm sorry. And I don't know if you can change habits. I mean, we've seen it for 13 games in a row. What what I think that Florida State is going to play different, but I do think that Florida State is going to get better from now until then. But how much better will Oregon get better? I think so. So you have two teams that are going to get better. Vegas is trying to tell you something, guys. If you just look at the point spread of this Oregon Florida State game, I would have never dreamed that Oregon would be this big of a favorite. So a lot of people are going to go out there and take Florida State with the. The twenty whatever eight twenty six twenty eight game winning streak and take the nine points and think they're they're really placing a great bet, but Vegas is not stupid. They built those casinos out there because they're smart. They understand what's going on in football. They understand matchups just like you do, I do. So we'll see what happens in that. We'll preview that one later on. We're still three weeks away from tonight from the two semifinals game on January the first. But there's a lot of games on January first that we got to run through. And then you have the Alabama Crimson Tide, a team that started slow. They've, they've gotten better over the past year. They're clicking. They're gelling. The offense looks unstoppable. The defense is vulnerable, but you have to be able to run the ball and throw the ball with a dynamic quarterback to get into Alabama secondary to give them problems. Are you counting on a third-string quarterback from Ohio State Going against Tuscaloosa, going against Alabama and New Orleans. Really, I mean, you really think this is going to be a close game? Anybody out there listening? Alabama is better on special teams. They're they're better coaching. They're better at the quarterback position. They have better running backs. They have better offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers. You name it. And and I think people forget, you know, that they don't watch these teams play against each other for a year, so they they forget. What the what it's like when you I watched I put up a film last night and I watched an SEC game I watched Alabama and Auburn playing the the game speed the hits the way the all these athletic guys are and then I turn over to the Big Ten championship game and I fast I watch some plays and fast forward through it if you think that Wisconsin's defense is in the same hemisphere as Alabama's you're crazy and some of the throws that guy was making was just why I mean, just throw him up in the air for grabs. But but one thing I'm going to tell you, this guy had for Ohio State, he had time to throw. And that's what I think is going to be the difference. Alabama's not going to give him time to throw and just sit back there in the pocket and just 
heave it up into a, a, a three-people coverage right here. I mean, you're double-teamed. I saw a lot in the Ohio State game. The guy was double-covered, and he'd jump up and get the ball. Well, that's not going to happen against Alabama guys. Auburn burned them bad in the secondary, and, you know, it's kind of a blessing in disguise if you're Nick Saban. He's going to be able to motivate his team. He's going to be able to coach them. They're going to be paying attention. This is a huge, huge game for Nick Saban. You know, Urban Meyer was that coach that left the SEC because Nick Saban ran him out. Nick Saban ran him out of the SEC conference, and, and here we go again. He thought he was away from him, but I guess he's not. So Urban Meyer, I don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Is he going to take a leave of absence again? What's going to happen? But I, I'm just telling you, Nick Saban has Urban Meyer's number. Urban Meyer doesn't have Tim Tebow. He doesn't have Dan Mullen calling the plays. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I would – much rather see Alabama play a Baylor or a TCU. And I've said it on this show before. I think Baylor is the only team of these four that they were playing. Just say you eliminate Ohio State, TCU has a better shot of beating Alabama than anybody. Florida State can't do it. Oregon definitely can't do it. And Ohio State's not going to be able to do it. I'm sorry. It's just – I mean, this is the most exciting thing, the four-team playoff. But to me, it's, it's going to be boring. I just don't see anything in the four-team playoff that makes me think Alabama's going to lose the game. I just don't think Oregon has the offensive line. I don't think they have the running game. I don't think their defense is ready for what they're going to see with Alabama because this offense can't put 50 on you quick. And it, it's it's just scary to see – how good Alabama can be now. Before, they would beat you 24-3. to And, you know, all you had to worry about was stopping the run and maybe some play-action passes. Now these guys can run the spread, the hurry-up. They can they can power run you to death. They can wear you down. I mean, they have it all. And that's what, what makes this team so hard to deal with. And now you're going to give them a month to heal up from a brutal schedule, from all these hard hits. You know, a lot of the people – when you see this time of year, they're not healthy when they're playing football. So they're not 100%. They're 70%, but they're, they're going. They're giving it a go because they have to. Their team needs them. So I don't know if you all recall back in 2010 when Alabama was 9-3. and Auburn won the national championship that year. But Alabama was banged up and beat up all season long. They played teams off a of bye week every week. And they were 9-3. and They went to the... I think it was the Citrus Bowl, and they played a one-loss Michigan State co-champ of the Big Ten, and they had them beat by about 49 points before you could blink your eye when these guys got healthy. So what I'm trying to say is the Big Ten has 10 teams in the bowls, 10. That's a, that's a very good number for what they do. And of those 10 games, how many do you think are favored in their bowl game? I'll put it out there to the listeners. How many how many Big Ten teams are favored in the bowls? And the answer is zero. All ten of your teams are underdogs. What does that say about your team? That's all I'm trying to say. Ten games you're underdogs in. None. The SEC, 12 teams got in out of 14. Ten are favorites. And, and we can go through the, the list if you'd like to, but you know, Ole Miss is an underdog because they're playing a team that deserves to be in the Final Four. That's TCU. So Ole Miss is a three-point underdog. 
and it's just the way it is. I, be, I can't remember who else is, but there's one more SEC team that's an underdog. I think it's South Carolina's a three-and-a-half-point underdog to Miami, which, I mean, I don't even know who's going to be watching that game, but that'll be a decent game. Six four six seven one six five five six four. If you'd like to call in, talk some college football with us, NFL, whatever you desire. We're not going to go a long time tonight. This is a, a Thursday night show. I just wanted to make sure we got on air to to go over some of these games. We're going to talk some NFL in just a few minutes uh, this weekend. The Heisman Trophy. We have Marcus Mariota or Amari Cooper, and if you like a wild card that probably doesn't have a shot, is Melvin Gordon. In my in my Heisman Trophy, if I'm rating them, I have Amari Cooper, Melvin Gordon, and Mariota. But we all know Mariota is going to win the game. I mean, win the Heisman Trophy. He plays in the Pac-12. I saw a stat the other day, and I'm trying to find it right now as we speak. But it, it talked about the Pac-12 defenses, and it, it listed the ranking of the Pac-12 defenses. And the funny thing is, every one of them almost was at least. 100th. So Mariota is carving up some defenses out there in the Pac-12 and every one I have it right now. I'm pulling it up. Alright, these are past defense rankings. So Mariota, the Heisman Trophy, best quarterback ever to play the game. He played California 128th in passing, Washington State 126th, Washington 124th, Arizona 119th, Oregon 114th, which he didn't play himself. USC 110th. Arizona State 107th. Colorado Colorado 101st. Oregon State 93rd. Utah 90th. UCLA 87th. And Stanford 7th. What does that tell you, guys? I mean, hell, I could probably be a top five quarterback with those defenses out there. So Stanford's the only one in the Pac-12 that plays big boy football. That's a team that they just couldn't score this year. They had problems with that. But, you know, seventh in the country, very respectable. But the next best team in your conference, 87th UCLA. Amari Cooper has put up video game numbers all season long in the SEC. And some of the, the plays he's made, and I mean, without without Amari Cooper, Alabama would be an 8-4 team right now probably. Seven and five, eight and four. Without Mariota, Oregon would probably be a ten and two team. I mean, it's just it is what it is. And and when you look at quarterbacks, they get so much love out there in the West. And name me some quarterbacks that have been that have won the Heisman Trophy that have been real great in the NFL. I don't know many. Cam Newton's about the only one I know of that's starting and and doing a good job right now. But, you know, you see all these Heisman Trophy guys putting up these video numbers in the Pac-12, and you've got to give them the love. But I'm telling you, Amari Cooper is one of the best players I've seen in a long, long time. And the fact that he's not even he's not going to win it, he doesn't have a chance almost, it's sad. I mean, it really is because this kid can do it all. And I'm saying this, he plays for the Alabama Crimson Tide, you know, a rival of the Auburn Tigers. And I have a lot of respect for a for a wide receiver like him that has the work ethic. He doesn't he doesn't go jump in the stands or celebrate every time he makes a catch. He doesn't point first down. You know, he he just goes out there and gets it done. He beats his man about every play. 
And it's going to be hard for Ohio State to contain him, but they have a month to see. But the Heisman Trophy this this week, and, and is it weird that nobody's even talking about it? I mean, is that because it's going to be such a runaway? Or is it because the joke the Heisman Trophy's been the last few years with Johnny Manziel winning it, you see what kind of character he is. And then we have Winston winning it last year with, with all the things going on. I think people out there, and tell me if I'm wrong, They've given up on the Heisman Trophy. They think it's a joke, and and I'm with them. The Heisman Trophy really doesn't mean what it used to mean. It it used to be the best player in the country, and now they just put it on the best player on the best team, they think, and they like the Oregon Ducks. I'm sorry. They love the Oregon Ducks. I'm sorry. Let me get a drink of water while while we keep going. 646-716-5564. You know, it's, it's... it's weird when you when you're used to having a co-host, and then when you have to do all the talking by yourself. You, I can drink some water, grab something to eat while Trey's long-winded answer. Sometimes I love because it gives you a chance to, to you know, to, to take a break. Right now tonight there is no break. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm roughing it tonight, but I just I just have to really reiterate this committee that came out in college football. And before the season started, we talked about it. Trey Patterson even said the Big 12's in trouble because they don't have a championship game. And if it gets, if it comes down to it and they're trying to compare teams, you know, Ohio State's going to win maybe because they play in the Big Ten championship. Trey was right. This committee, though, the integrity of it, I do question it how – and and I, I really don't like the way they, they rank these. They came out like seven or eight weeks ago and started ranking it every week, which makes you, you realize these rankings mean nothing to these guys. TCU up to third jumped Florida State last week. They jumped Florida State, took over number three. So that, that tells you right there that the committee thought that TCU was a better team than Florida State. And and that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, they won by 50. Is Florida State going to get in? Is Ohio State going to get in? Or is Baylor? I, you know, part of me thought Florida State could have been left out of this poll. But the way they've been barely winning games, the committee jumps them up from four to three with a two-point win over Georgia Tech. And I, I just don't get it. And I, and, I, and I know Trey's a Florida State fan. Jonathan listens to the show. I'm not trying to badmouth your team at all. I'm, I'm not. I'm just trying to to to, to relay the, the truth about what it is. Is Florida State a top four team in the country when you look at all the teams? I don't think so. I mean, I don't see how you could say that. I could see how you could say they're undefeated, and I get that. They haven't lost a game. But what if – Boise State would have ran through their schedule and and went undefeated. They wouldn't have been in. Marshall didn't even get ranked, and they were undefeated for the majority of the season because, guess what, they don't really play anybody. And that's how I felt about Florida State. Yeah, they beat an Oklahoma State team that's 6-6. Six and six. They, they barely beat them. They beat a Clemson team in overtime in Tallahassee. They barely beat Notre Dame in Tallahassee, and it was a controversial call at that. I mean, this Florida State team could have been 5-7, and 6-6, six and, six, and and nobody wants to talk about it. Florida State is not a top-four team. So if, if I look at the top-four teams in the country, I mean, hey, you could stay in the SEC West if you wanted to, but I wouldn't do that. You know, Alabama and Oregon, for what they've done, Oregon beat Michigan State. 
they ran through their conference. They did lose to Arizona. That's a tough one to get over, but they did have some injuries. But then you start looking at TCU, Baylor. I mean, do I think Florida State and Ohio State's better than those two teams? I don't. I don't. But it's it's hard to leave the defending champion out of the playoff. But this committee shows that they do weigh last year. They do weigh what the polls think. And and always people always gave the AP poll hell about oh they don't understand they're too fluid. Well let's let's look at the AP rankings before the committee released theirs. It was Alabama one, Florida State two, Oregon three, and Baylor four. And and I have a lot of respect for the AP poll. I do. I've always said it. I I have no respect for the coaches poll, but the AP I do. Well, you know, Baylor's number four in the AP poll. This is exactly, I have Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, and Baylor. They have Florida State up at two, but it's kind of hard when you're undefeated to leave you out of it. But Ohio State, I mean, what have you done? And then all week you hear about, well, there should be eight teams. We, we need eight teams in the playoffs. Well, I don't know just yet if, if eight teams deserve to be there. I mean, you have Mississippi State with two losses, Michigan State. I mean, this, it would be more intriguing, I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, the BCS did the job. I mean, you, they're, they're going to give you the top two teams. And and that's what all this is, is is putting lipstick on a pig, really. I mean, you're getting an extra uh, game to watch, really, two games to watch. But at the end of the day, the two best teams are going to play for the national championship. That's Alabama and Oregon. I mean, you, you can have all the drama, all the money being paid, all the fans coming in and paying their money. But at the end of the day, Alabama, Oregon, the two best teams in the country, they're both going to win their games and they're going to move on to play each other. So, I mean, the playoff's nice. It gives you a chance to watch your team play some more. But I, I just don't see any of those teams in the top eight. You, you could play an eight-team playoff, and I still think you're going to see Oregon and Alabama probably in the championship. So, I mean, the more teams, the merrier, I guess. But it does take away from the regular season. And I'm not going to harp all night about about the committee, but I did have to get my opinion out there. But, I'll tell you one thing, you have to be disappointed if you're TCU. I mean, you do get a good matchup against an SEC team. That's a good thing that you can, you know, if they will come in and and, and run out Ole Miss and, and Alabama rolls Ohio State, are they going to say, wow, the wrong team got in? But imagine, you're you're in third place last week. You win by 50. You think you're a shoe-in, and your reward is you're going to Atlanta to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl to play Ole Miss. I mean, which team's going to show up for TCU? It's Canada's team show up. I know they're devastated from from getting left out, but I think TCU's going to come in and put one on Ole Miss. So we'll we'll see. But I, I think TCU's going to come in and try to send the message that hey, you you left the wrong you left the wrong team out. I mean, Baylor, same argument. Baylor gets to play Georgia Tech. I mean, what kind of consolation prize is that? You. You win the the second best conference in America, and your your reward is no that no they played Michigan State. I'm sorry, Mississippi State plays Georgia Tech, but Baylor gets to play Michigan State. So this will kind of give a preview of of you know I guess which team got left out that shouldn't have been left out. If Baylor comes in and explodes on Michigan State, I think the committee is going to have a lot of explaining to do because at the end of the day, and I've said it all year that Michigan State was overrated. 
Um, they're a good little team, though, but they they weren't as good as people thought. They weren't as good as going to Oregon. I mean, Oregon took care of business there in the second half like I thought they would, but losing at home the way they did to Ohio State showed me that and I'll pick that game. If you listen to this show, I picked Ohio State strong over Michigan State. People thought I was crazy, didn't think of what I was doing, but it wasn't because I believed in Ohio State. It wasn't that, that I thought Ohio State was the the best team. I just thought oh, Michigan State wasn't as good as people were thinking they were. So that's all I want to say about that. But the bowl games are, are great. You you ready for New Year's Day? I mean, Auburn, Wisconsin at 12, Baylor, Michigan State at 1230. The Gophers play in Missouri at 1. And then we guess what? We get the two semifinal games, Oregon, Florida State at 5, Alabama, Ohio State at 830. I will not probably – probably leave. I'm supposed to watch this game with uh, the angry gopher and, and Sonia Minson. Uh, so we'll see. Bama fan and a gopher fan. So we'll, we'll see. But I, I, I'm sure the tide's going to be good. And Sonia's in the chat room right now. She says she's cooking and she's going to call in. I can't wait to hear what she thinks about this 14 playoff. But I know, Sonia, you're going through a rough time. Today's a, a day for you that it's tough every year, and I'm going to start going through that myself before long. It's Sonia's sister passed away on this day years ago, and it's it's been tough on her. So we'll keep you in our prayers, Sonia. I lost my sister in January, and uh, it's coming up on January, so I'll start getting to feel what she actually feels like. So that's not a good thing. But I know God's going to get her through it like he does everything else. But, you know, these New Year Day bowl games, I mean <laughs> – these five bowl games right here, this, I don't remember New Year's Day being this strong. But even even New Year's Eve, I mean, you have TCU Ole Miss playing at 1230, Arizona Boise State at four, but then Mississippi State Georgia Tech that night. There's three pretty good games. And then the 30th, LSU Notre Dame, that's a great matchup with those two names, Georgia Louisville and Maryland Stanford. So once we get past Christmas, these bowl games start looking a lot better. Before Christmas, though, and they're just not that good. So, <laughs> so I guess we'll wait till the first game I see that I'll probably watch and be intrigued by: Arizona State and Duke on the 27th, and Southern Cal Nebraska on the 27th. That's when the football games start. The 29th, A&M West Virginia. Clemson, Oklahoma, Texas, and Arkansas. So the Gophers play on New Year's Day. I thought Auburn and Minnesota were going to get a chance to play, but they got Minnesota, Missouri. I would much rather Wisconsin play Missouri because we played Wisconsin several times in the past few years, and and that's turning into into a strong rival game. So we'll see Wisconsin's coach Gary Anderson left this week to go to Oregon State. So Barry Alvarez will be coaching another game as the as the AD of Wisconsin. And and that's another question I'd like to ask if, if anybody wants to answer. Why would you leave Wisconsin to go to Oregon State? And and Oregon State is is not a terrible program by no means, but Oregon is big brother in that state. There's there's no doubt about it. Oregon gets the recruits. Uh, they get all the love. And at Wisconsin, at least you're by yourself. I mean, you have to share the love with the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, Wisconsin's a good team. I mean, a good place for football. 
and I, I just don't get how you can you can get into the Big Ten championship, and you've got a good chance to get into the Big Ten championship for years to come. And you go out to Oregon State. I mean, did the fifty nine to nothing beat down of Wisconsin really just get this coach down? Did he lose his mind and just start looking for jobs? I, I don't know. That would be like Gus Malzahn leaving Auburn. Mm, let me think about the team going to to Kentucky. Let's let's say that. Gus Malzahn gets tired of Auburn and he leaves to go take a job at Kentucky or something. Does that sound about right or am I a little off on that one? But I, I just didn't understand that coaching move. Uh, some more news. Clemson's offensive coordinator, Morris, is going to coach at SMU, the head coach. What is Dabo Dabo going to do? I don't know, Dabo. You better go find an offensive coordinator. If not, you're in trouble. And Will Muschamp is rumored. You know, it's funny how you see all these people, their sources on Twitter. They go look up a name on Twitter, and the first thing they see is a source, and they start quoting everything they they read. But I, I'm hearing from people close to the program, and they're not sources by no means. I mean, they believe Will Muschamp will be announced either tonight or in the morning as the head coach or the defensive coordinator for the Auburn Tigers. And that would be a big get for Auburn because one thing they haven't had to trouble left was a, was a defense. And maybe it's the pace of the offense they play hurts their defense. I don't know, but I haven't seen good tackling. I haven't seen good coverage. I there's a lot of things that's been lacking on the Auburn defense since Tuberville left. So hopefully, as an Auburn fan, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that we get a defensive coordinator that can just teach the fundamentals and recruit good talent. And I, I think Auburn will be a contender in the SEC West for years to come if they can do that. If, if they do not get must champ. It's not going to be good for recruiting. And, I, and I, I still wonder, why would you fire Ellis Johnson without a backup knowing that someone's going to take the job? So I thought as soon as Ellis Johnson was fired that we would hear an announcement within three or four days at max. So it's it's been dragging on a couple of weeks. and It, it gets you nervous because recruiting is so big. And you look at Auburn's recruiting, it's not. They don't have it lined up on defense right now. Gus can go get any offensive player, but how can he get the big-time defensive players? I think it's going to take a coach like Muschamp to to lure them in. So I'm hoping for their sake and to keep the Iron Bowl competitive, we need a Will Muschamp. So, Will, come on, man. Come on. In the NFL tonight, we have a game going on. The Arizona Cardinals, the St. Louis Rams are playing. and I'm trying to get a score right now. Three to nothing, St. Louis over Arizona. Trying to mix and match with that with the college awards going on right now. But like I said, the the Heisman Trophy this weekend, and it's Mariota, or it's going to be Amari Cooper. Who do you have? I like Amari Cooper, but it's just it's going to be hard to get Mariota. I mean, he's he's in the hearts of the, these people that vote. They love Mariota. They they pumped him up for three years. They they want him in this. They want this award for him, and and if he gets it, I guess he deserves it. But Amari Cooper wants that championship ring, and I think Sonia told me this that Oregon fans would rather, much rather, have the Heisman Trophy than the national championship. And I know Nick Saban and Amari Cooper would rather have the national championship than the Heisman. 
Because, look, Amari Cooper's a team player. I'm sure he's worried about one thing, getting that ring before he goes off to the NFL. And I think he's going to. I think Alabama is is just too much for Ohio State, and I think Oregon's too much for Florida State, and they're going to meet uh, in Dallas. God, can you imagine that game? Alabama won Oregon to in Jerry's world for a chance to, for the first time ever, winning a four-team playoff in college football. That's that's absurd. And one thing I want to talk about about this playoff before we move off, and Sonia's going to come on and talk about it, so I'll quit rambling on about it. But this is the first time ever with the semifinals like this. You don't have a month to prepare for one game, and that's it. And that's where Nick Saban has excelled in the past. When he gets into these games, he wins them because, you know, his staff is, is more equipped to handle this, it seems like, more, you know, to break down film. He's a film junkie. And he sits in that room and watches film for 30 days and comes up with a plan to stop you. But this is what makes it more intriguing. During this month, Nick Saban's going to have to gamble and he's going to have to say, who are we going to prepare for? Because I don't think you can prepare for both Ohio State, Oregon, and Florida State. I just don't think you can do all three. I think, you know, playing Ohio State is similar, I guess, to playing Oregon. So he's going to prepare hard for Ohio State. But I think they're going to tweak some things and play Oregon. I just I think if you look at the point spread, nine points, Florida State's underdog over under Oregon. So Oregon is going to be probably playing Alabama in that championship. But we'll do a breakdown of these games. I haven't watched film uh, and studied it, so this is I'm not ready just to, to call it, but, but I feel good about my prediction right now. It's probably not going to change. At least the first two games are not going to change. Um, that we discussed, but we'll break them down once we get everybody on here on a panel on a Sunday or a Wednesday. But it's just a lot to think about and take in, and you have to do. You have to factor that in that it's two weeks in a row you're playing some of the best competition, and who's who's used to doing that out of these four teams? If you think about that, nobody's talked about it on ESPN. Nobody's saying this, but Alabama has played back-to-back tough games all year. Ohio State, they haven't. Florida State, they haven't. Oregon, they haven't. So who's more battle-tested here when you go into it? Alabama with the fifth toughest schedule in the nation, and then it drops off for the other teams after that. It's not even close. I think it's a 50-60 range. But you play week in and week out against some of the best competition in the SEC. I don't think Urban Meyer's done that and neither of the other two coaches. So we'll see how that goes. But the the the, the media, the ESPN, congratulations for getting your sweetheart Ohio State in. And it was funny when it came out, they had Herb Street, Joey Galloway on there. Like, but they knew who was going to make it before they, they even came out there. So I'm glad they got to pump up their, their Buckeyes all night. It's just like the nation went crazy all Saturday and Sunday talking about Ohio State. It's just it's just not fair, but I didn't like our Riles coming out and, and making all those excuses and everything. But I did I did appreciate him being honest at least. That's who he is. He's not trying to cover it up. Gary Patterson, I know he didn't want to say what he did, but he did it. He's a class act. I know he didn't want to come out there and say that because that that would be a very emotional thing to do. And I, I do question them even asking the coaches, bringing them on like that as soon as that happens. I, I think maybe they shouldn't do that because you can get some weird responses sometimes. 
And I'll leave it at that, but I'm not going to harp any more on that. But when you're by yourself talking, it's it's just kind of, you know, you, it's just like I'm, I'm talking to, to a friend on the phone or something about football. So 646-716-5564. Sonia, again, she's going to join us in a few minutes with the angry gopher. I know Sonia's been sick lately, so hopefully she's feeling better. Feeling like talking a little football with us. And uh, some of the more news in college football about the coaching search, Michigan has contacted Les Miles' agent. It seems like every year Michigan's going to get Les Miles. Why would Les Miles leave LSU right now? Uproot his family for what he has, the, the community. He likes the community. But I do know a lot of LSU fans that would like to see Les Miles go, but I just don't think Les Miles wants to go right now. I think if he felt like he was about to be fired, he would he would go return home. But I just I just don't think LSU's the type of program that's just going to fire Les Miles right now. Now, if Mark Rick, it's a different story. I did hear Mark Rick with some rumors going on about a coaching search, but I just think Mark Rick's going to stay in Georgia until they get rid of him or until he leaves him, himself. But I think he's going to go off into the missionary field. After football, I just don't see Mark Rick going and coaching anywhere besides Georgia. I think he wanted to be the head coach at Georgia, and I think that's where he's going to stay until he's done, whether he's run out or or what happens. But let's go to the NFL real quick before Sonia and Jason get on. The NFL coming up on the playoffs, get close. I mean, a lot of things have to happen. I mean, they can happen in the NFL. A lot of teams on the bubble. The Falcons at 5-8 and eight in the NFC South in first place. I mean, that's what I don't like is is the playoffs. You could have a losing record and get into the playoffs in the NFL. I don't like that. In the NFC East, Philadelphia, Dallas, 9-4. and four, That division's done after that. The Giants of Washington are, are playing for a draft or lottery pick. They, they, they want a, a big quarterback or something. I don't know what they want. But 4-9 and 3-10 and is not going to get you this division. Philadelphia, Dallas with a stranglehold. And NFC North, Green Bay, ten and three, Detroit, nine and four, Minnesota hanging around right there. And you know, you never know what can happen at six and seven. They can get hot, they can make a run. The Bears five and eight, about where I thought they would be in last place. And the NFC South is a three team race. Five and eight Falcons, five and eight Saints, four and eight and one Carolina Panthers. I mean, that's that's weird. The Panthers as bad as they played this year, I mean, if they get hot at the right time, they could be in the playoffs. Arizona ten and three, Seattle nine and four. I think those are the only two teams I'm worried about. I think Arizona's going to make the playoffs because they're already at ten wins. But I think San Francisco's out. Something's going on in San Fran right now. I don't know what it is, but they're trying to trade Harbaugh. How many coaches? How many big time coaches have you seen traded in your lifetime? I don't think I've ever seen it really, <laughs> but they're going to get rid of Harbaugh. And and would you give up? Would you take Harbaugh if you're a team and give up your first two draft picks? I just don't know if I would do that or not in the NFL. I know coaches are important, but I don't think I would give up that kind of talent for my team for a coach. I think Harbaugh is better suited to be in college. I think that's where he belongs, where he fits well, where he's happy. So we'll see that race. I mean, San Francisco is just not as good as people thought they would be. 
AFC East, New England, 10-3. and three. They have this division locked up, really, in my mind. Miami is 7-6. and six. Buffalo, 7-6. and six. The Jets, 2-11. Poor Jets, 2-11. Man. AFC North, Cincinnati, 8-4. Pittsburgh, 8-5. And, and Baltimore, 8-5. And, and then you even have Cleveland, 7-6. and six. So which team's going to survive this? Uh, it's hard. I, I would probably bet on Baltimore if I was going to pick one. I don't trust Andy Dalton. I don't trust Pittsburgh, so I guess I'm just going to go with Baltimore in this one. The AFC South, Indianapolis 9-4, and four, Houston 7-6. and six. I think Indy has this one. Uh, in the division, they're 4-0 and oh, on the road, 4-2, and two, and at home, 5-2. and two. So Andrew Luck's got these guys going. Trent Richardson running the football. In the AFC West, it looks more and more like Denver's going to win this 10-3. and three. San Diego's 8-5 and five, and Kansas City 7-6. The Oakland Raiders, two and eleven. Guess what? They're on a two-game winning. They're on a one-game winning streak, and I think Sonya's with us. Sonya, welcome to the show. Good evening. Hey, Jason and I just got done with dinner, and I want to say thank you so much. That was so sweet. I heard you earlier. We've been listening to you. I just been, we've just been, you know, trying to get some stuff done, and I know now not to schedule two shows on the same day. So <laughs> I've got to make sure I, I find out when you're going to do your show first. Before I get anybody yeah, I, else in there, but thank you. You're very welcome, and uh, I'm glad you came. I got a drink of water while you were talking. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, it's my turn. Look, of, it's time to hear oh, a female okay. voice. So, what are we talking about? Because we just finished watching at the uh, college football awards, so we got that. We've got uh, let's all the coaching changes to come up. I've just heard everything you've been talking about, so you just throw it, and we're here. Well, well, did did you see the paramedics here on the college football award show? It seems like Urban Meyer just passed out, and they're they're attending to him right now. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they're sitting next to Saban. <laughs> <laughs> we discussed that too. <laughs> yeah, like, so he was he, he didn't look too comfortable. It kind of had that yeah, urban what, what, smile on his face, but uh, I'm I'm really I got to give them their credit though. They've got some great players and. I really do appreciate the the college football awards a lot more recently, you know, because at first it was just the major awards, you know what I'm saying? But the players got mm-hmm. them, and we just heard about it in the newspaper. But for them to put together a ceremony to honor these guys, it's really nice to see these guys finally get what they deserve. Tarvin, who's the Scooby kid? <laughs> that, that kid must be a beast. He won, like, three awards. Scooby Wright. He's a... He's a defensive player for Arizona, and some people had him on, in their top four of the Heisman. I didn't know who he was until the other night. I mean, I, I'll, I'll I be honest, I don't pay attention to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who he was until I saw him on somebody's Heisman. I'm like, Scooby, who? I know, dude, we were all like, where the heck did he come from? I mean, we've been watching Arizona, but not like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We just watch him when they have major games, like playing Oregon. But we were—I mean, he—he just came in and dominated. Yeah, he—he's he, a great player, from what I hear. I haven't gotten to watch him much. I saw him play one game. But let me ask you something, right quick, Jason and Sonya, and I'll start with you, Sonya. Okay. The Heisman Trophy. You know, the other day we spoke, and you didn't even know what day. We didn't even know what day it was. What week it yeah, was? Yeah, we were like, I mean, it's just what weekend is or it? next week. <laughs> Why is it with the Heisman? I mean, all week no one's talking about it really. Is it is it a that nobody cares anymore because of the mockery it's been, like with Jameis Winston, Johnny Manziel winning it? Why is it, Sonya, that 
that nobody's really talking about the Heisman Trophy. I think there's two reasons, and I don't think that's the major reason. I think the major reason is because this is the first year we've had playoffs, so they're focused on breaking down those games. Let's just be honest. The Heisman is like an, uh, a second-tier story right now because everybody knows Cooper deserves it, but Mariota will get it. Let's just be honest, okay? I mean, the third dude, Gordon, I, I feel for you. You might sneak in there, but I don't think so. It just depends. Wisconsin didn't ride and die on on, uh, on Gordon. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So I think it's a, it's a little bit of both. And then I also do think, too, other than the playoffs, uh, all that stuff happening and everything that's happening in the world of college football, because, okay, let's list the stories that are going on right now. Mooshamp possibly to Auburn as a D.C., uh, Gary Anderson, or not Gary Anderson, um, who's the one that got the coaching uh, right. at SMU? You're right. Yeah, you're right. I think it's Gary Anderson. No, well, he's TCU. No, that's Patterson. Okay. I'm thinking of uh, Wisconsin coach that just left. But anyway, him. Then you've got the guy that got the, the job at SMU, the, all the other story and scuttlebutts going on on who's leaving and who's going to be coaching here and there and there. You've got the playoff committee, you know, the, the complaints from the ones who are always going to whine, no matter what system it is. If their team's left out, they're going to whine, whine, moan, moan. Baylor. Art Riles. <laughs> Art Riles. <coughs> um, so <laughs> between all of those, I think that's just kind of, you know, glossed over the Heisman because everybody kind of knows who's going to get it. But I do think there's some truth to what you said because of the fact that it seemed like it's like, okay, Johnny got it, and he, he got in a little, you know, not as bad as James's, but he, you know, got a little bad club there. And then you've got James's, who's been nothing but negative PR. So, yeah, it's just a mixture. To me, Tarvin, yeah, they, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't select the Heisman until after the national championship is crowned. Yep. I mean, really. Cause why, why do they do that? Why, why? Well, I think they selected too early. Yep. Because what happens if we – we were talking about this on the phone with you the other day. Like, what happens when – okay, just say Oregon and Alabama make it. Alabama beats Oregon handily. Okay, so – you're and, and Mariota won the Heisman? And Mariota has the worst game of his life. Yeah. And Amari Cooper has this, like, a, a, a freaking highlight reel game. So, you know, it could be reversed. You just never know. But I, I agree with Jason. They do give it way too early. And I also say too, whether they give it to Mariota or Cooper, it's a complete upgrade from the last two losers. <laughs> so maybe they'll regain some confidence because I'm only paying attention because I actually like both players that are favored to win it. Yeah, that's uh, rare. You know, not... We we see this. We see top three guys are. I mean, all class acts really. I mean, it's weird. yeah. The one thing I love about, like I said, about this award show is you get to see these guys and you get to to see some of the behind-the-scenes, like what's going on in their lives. I mean, Sterling Shepard, I had respect for Oklahoma as a program, and I had respect for Bob Stoops as a coach already. But after seeing the Sterling Shepard story, it's just grown. You know, I don't know if you – have you seen that story? Well, I saw parts of it. I was on the show, so I couldn't watch it. Yeah, his father – Sterling's father – was an assistant for um, Bob Stoops, and he had taken a head coaching position, had only been there a week, had even moved his family up, and he had a heart attack and passed away. 
the entire Oklahoma Boomer Sooner coaching staff team adopted Sterling at six years old from that point on. And everything they did, he was there. Bob Stoops made sure he was there. And his father, uh, his mother, Sherry, and his uncle both said that he was a father to him. So the only thing that he had in his mind was when I grow up, I'm going to play for, you know, quote-unquote dad, Bob Stoops. So he's now, you know, here's this kid who lost his dad at the age of six, grew up a, a Sooner in the Boomer Sooner family, and now, you know, he is, he's like front stage. He's, he's finally getting, he's playing, um, he's uh, using his dad's jerseys number, jersey number. So it's just a great feel-good story, and it really gives you an insight into the players and who really deserves what. Stoops is still alive. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't like my angry golfer is kind of angry. <laughs> Jason, you're a, you're a Big Ten guy here. What what was up with with Wisconsin's coach losing fifty nine to nothing and then peeling out to Oregon State? Isn't that kind of a step down, maybe? Well, they're gonna spin it because because remember when the um. I can't even speak his name because I hate him. <laughs> when he went to Arkansas, the complaint was Wisconsin loses their coordinators every year, and it is so difficult to get new coordinators in. Um, unlike Bama, who just puts out a want ad and they come running. <laughs> um, but I think I think it more has to do with because this came up when they hired him in the first place. How long is he going to be able to stand being under Barry Alvarez? Mm-hmm. Because Barry Alvarez, and I posted this in a group today because I don't understand it, how he gets so much love in college football, and he's never won a national championship. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And and the thing is, I'll give it. I'll give it to him. He's a, he's a good coach. He was a good coach. Went to quite a few Rose Bowls. Whatever that means. <laughs> but he's never given up the reins of coaching, and I guarantee you he was constantly looking over his shoulder and whispering in his ear, this is what you need to do, you need to do this, you need to recruit this kid, when really an AD just needs to step back and let the coach do what he needs to do. I think that's what the issue is. I think he got tired of Alvarez. Yeah, and and I, I don't I don't see the AD for Alabama coming in telling Saban what to do. I mean, I don't even know what the guy looks like. That ought to tell you something. But Alvarez just seems like he seems like that guy. Okay, sorry, I got to give you a props on that. Or even even Auburn. I mean, it's not like he's going to tell Gus Malzahn what to do. I mean, it's his team. He knows what he's doing. I think Barry Alvarez and, has a case of Jerry Jonitis. Yeah. He's, he's too and he's scary. on the playoff committee. And he's on the playoff committee, isn't he? Yeah. But that, look. What the hell does he know about <laughs> You know well, damn yeah, well. Most of those committee members shut Alvarez the hell up because it, he couldn't be a homer for the Big Ten. <clears throat> you know, and to me, it was a given at Ohio State, because we, we talked about this before. It was a given that they went – over TCU and Baylor, just just for what they did to Wisconsin. Everyone kind of thinks that Wisconsin laid down, but no, nah, I think they just suck. <laughs> and, and hence, everyone, you've met the angry, angry gopher. 
feel sorry see, for Missouri. Sonia, 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 did you see how much money for each conference because of this four-team playoff? Did you see how much the SEC is getting, what, about $100 million per conference because oh, of what yeah. they're doing? There's some, so, uh, to me, you know, the lobbying that goes on with it, I mean, Ohio State, the name, at the end of the day, the Big 12, and I said it, they screwed themselves up because they, they couldn't name a champion. They didn't have a, a Big 12 championship game. And on a stage, I mean, I don't know if you were watching it, the Kansas State-Baylor game, but that game just seemed kind of uh, it was dead. not as important. Yeah, it just wasn't as important as Ohio State and Wisconsin. And the stage they had that night in Indianapolis, 59 to nothing. They beat a ranked Wisconsin team. And, and it's just like, the Big 12, just whoever did all that and scheduled everything the way they did and for TCU to end with Iowa State, it was just so boring. And I think that's what it was, that shock that, that got into the, the viewers and even the committee. If you're sitting there watching that, I was impressed. And I don't like Ohio State. But 59 oh. to nothing with a third-string quarterback, I mean, that, that's got to be the, the wow factor really got them into this playoff. I think it was the wow factor and the fact that uh, it's a conference championship. And, again, the B-12, and I actually posted about this today because I finally got a chance. I, I was sick over the weekend, so I missed, like, all of the, the weekend activities or football starting from Saturday night. But I finally got a chance to see the Art Briles press conference. Oh, my God. Talk <laughs> about a whiny – oh, he blamed everybody from Condoleezza – to Jesus, I mean, he was just, and I'm not saying that he was wrong. So let me let me correct everybody. Don't start calling in and all this mess. Bottom line, there is a time and a place for everything. Right after you, when you find out that you're not going to go, you know, go to the playoffs, that is not the time to sit there and call out names. You know, Condoleezza Wright, Archie Manning, and all of this. It's not the time to criticize. You should have taken a page from Gary Patterson's book. He was, okay, I'm good. You know, we're just happy to be here. Smile. Put that fake smile on. We've going, all had to do it. And we're going to a good bowl game. Yeah, we're going to a good bowl game. But instead, he takes the time to speak up. And it's like, wait a minute, hold up. There's three problems I have with that. Number one, when he was talking about uh, only Condoleezza being from the South, well, dude, Archie Manning was born in Mississippi. I think that's as South as you can get, okay? Number two. When he was talking about no Big 12 representation on the POC, uh, the POC. Um, who is the AD for West Virginia? Oliver Luck is – where's West Virginia? What conference are they in? Big 12. Yes. So, number two, that was it. And the last one, which was the whole, had Archie Manning been there, we would have had a voice. No, you would not have. Okay, let me explain something to you about that particular statement. Archie, man, you just threw your best friend under the bus because Archie took off this season. People think he stepped down. He did not step down from the committee entirely. He stepped down from this season because he's dealing with his hip replacement surgery. Okay, what do you think is going to happen when he comes in next year and Baylor comes up? They're going to be looking at him like, okay, what's up? We heard your boy. You know what I'm saying? So you just, you're ace in the hole. You just screwed your ace. If that yeah, was your age. I was about to say that, Sonia. It's like just think next year, the next couple of years, 
Baylor's on the bubble and it's between these things and, and, and he blasted this committee. And the thing is, really, who should be blasting the committee? I think at this time, the only people, the only person that should talk is the, the commissioner of the Big 12. I mean, he's the one that can blast them and get away with it. I just don't know if they're going to forgive coaches this committee. I mean, they're human. I mean, it's, it's exactly. just like a, an official. If you get on the official's bad side, um, you're probably going to get some bad calls from time to time more because they're humans and, and what Art Browse did. And, and Gary Patterson realized there's nothing I can do about it. What's done is done. Let me kiss up to him a little bit now and let him remember me in a positive light instead of Art exactly. Browse the way they're going to remember him. You got – you. You said it, and I was so – I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. I was actually – I was brushing my teeth, and I had to go back and rewind it just to make – I was like, did he just say what I think he said? You know, thank God we have a DVR, so, you know, it's like you can record a program – I mean, um, rewind a program as it's going, right? And I remember rewinding, I was like two or three times like, no, he did not just say that on national TV. And when I made the post about it, because I posted about it in our groups, both our groups, and – in one particular group, you know, here come these Baylor fans, and they're like, well, he told the truth, and he did this. And I'm like, no, he made he made a fool of you and your school. That is what your coach did. He is old enough to know better. Had this been Kiffin, like Tennessee or USC head coach Kiffin, I can understand. But this is, you know, 50-some years old, Art Browse, you've been in the game, you know the deal. You know when to shut your mouth. This should have been, you know, uh, hello, light blinking, let me shut up. This is something you say to your assistants. It's not something you say on national TV. And you don't insult Condoleezza Rice. You don't throw, you know, Condoleezza Rice, you don't throw Archie Manning under the bus because you failed to make the playoffs. That is not their fault. That is your fault. And as far as scheduling, you know, the, the scheduling factor, okay, these, these schedules are made years, uh, years ahead. You know, people know. But the thing is, just say, for example, this schedule was made two years ago. Well, two years ago they didn't know there was going to be a playoff. So that's why I kind of – I'm like, you know, we got to back up on that one a little bit. I think uh, I think a little bit too much emphasis is, paced, is placed on that as far as, you know, it's like, well, you know, you guys play so-and-so and so-and-so. Well, the schedule was made two years ago. They can't change it. Mm-hmm. So – All I have to say is suck it up. <clears throat> Have a Big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. Quit whining and do better next year. And shut and, up. And the committee, and, and the committee, you know, maybe. And and I've heard several analysts talk about this. You know, coming out seven, eight weeks before and doing this poll. Here's, I would be fine with this. And tell me what you think. Start with you, Jason. Um, you know, just come out this weekend and name your top four teams. We don't need your polls, because like, Sonny, you said it before, these polls mean nothing. When everybody was coming out, number one through four, who's in? Really? I mean, people yeah. were over I mean, they were arguing the first week of the committee rankings. I mean, worried about this, and it goes to show you cannot put your rankings in the correct order until you have a conference championship, until everything's put to bed. Then Baylor and TCU can be compared, but but Jason, I mean, how many rankings do we need to see now? I mean, after this, I think they may cut it back to maybe two. For me, really, AP and coaches—that's it—and then the committee poll. But you know, through the history of all college football, you've always had multiple polls. But I, I kind of think you kind of need those polls at the beginning. Just to kind of place everybody. Just to kind of place everything. 
and to, and it gives I will say that it gives a starting point. A starting point and Saturday is more interesting. You know, cuz imagine looking at a schedule and seeing you know two teams play that are actually ranked but there's no number by their team. Yeah. So you don't know which who's um, the underdog. Yeah, you'd have to go by the Vegas odds and and even mm-hmm. that doesn't play at the proper rank because I think at one point Bama was ranked lower than the team they were playing, yet they were favored. Yeah. (laughs) I think that with the playoff committee, as far as doing the every week, maybe cut it down some or maybe do it every two weeks or something like that. Um, Or maybe they just keep it as is and people just, you know, get trained. But I think, again, and I kept saying this over and over again, warning people, stop looking at this with BCS eyes. You're using a BCS brain, and you're looking at a playoff committee. You can't think like, you know, we're so trained to think it's been – we had 10 years of it, okay? So we're so used to think we've had 10 years of thought process that we've now got to totally shift over. So there's always going to be complainers. It's going to happen more so often. I think, I think what, what this has done, it has brought to light the need for conference championships, okay? I think it has brought to light the need for um, better strength of schedule, you know, so teams will definitely be paying attention. You know, not like, okay, we're playing them two years out. Nah, we need to switch this out. Let's make this change now. You know, I think that's going to happen. And I think you're going to see these te- – you're going to see a, a little, I want to say, sharper, cleaner system once they work the kinks out. It's going to take a couple of years for everybody to get used to it. But I think by year three or four, we'll be used to it. You know what I'm saying? And things will flow a lot. There will be a lot less negativity about it. And there will be eight teams. And there will be eight teams. Yeah. And, 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 you know, know, y'all said this, and, like, you know, I'm even guilty of it. If I see TCU at three and they win by 50, how do they get jumped? Well, this is a different era now. There's no – just because you win doesn't mean you stay the same. I mean – Everything exactly. changes week to week, and I'm I'm guilty too. I'm human too. I've seen polls for for 35 years. I've been watching the same polls, and and I know how they operate. But this was different. I think it took everybody by surprise. But but they did warn you heading into it that this was a week by week, you know, poll committee. And at, at the end of the year, they're gonna wait wait till all the dust settles with the conference championships. We talked about that several times on the show. You can't predict that Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten. So at the time, TCU was higher because of what mm-hmm. they've done so far. But as soon as they put the nail in the coffin and had the Big Ten championship outright, then they just went ahead of TCU. And Well, the thing is, too, and people need to understand this, unlike the AP poll and the coaches poll and, and you know different polls like that, each week for the playoff committee, it's not a carryover poll. All right? it's a brand, to them, it's a brand-new week. So a team that you never saw ranked, or say, say for example, a team that was ranked number 10, okay, they might be number 25 next week. You know, so it's not like you lose this game to this team and you drop two spaces based on, you know, the BCS formula, blah, blah, blah. No, it's the eye test. You've got all these people looking at these games, deciding amongst themselves. And the thing is, they're not assigned to their own home conference. So that's what I like about it. Like Archie Manning, he's not assigned to the SEC. He's assigned to the Big 12. So when you when you consider all of that, it, it is fair, but it's not always going to be equal. Yeah, well said. Exactly. 
Well, Jason, I'll ask you. You're, you know, just say Mississippi State. You know, they lost to Alabama. They they beat Ole Miss. Say, I think they get left out too. I don't think it's just TCU and Baylor. I think Ohio State would have would have beaten Mississippi State out. Oh no, I totally agree. Plus, there was no way in hell that they were going to put two SEC teams in the playoffs this year. There's no way. <laughs> oh, not after, not after PCS. That would have been $200 million coming to the SEC instead of the 100 oh. Everybody would be like. Now, they would so. just name it the SEC Bowl. <laughs> Tom, yeah. I like. I like the fact that they use the eye test because now now what you have with the eye test, you can see, you know, with a certain team, the game is over by the start of the third quarter, and they put in their second and third string. And the eye test shows you that. Yeah. And they see the garbage touchdown that they get in the last 30 seconds. There you go. Okay, but in the BCS rankings, those points count against you. You know, so in the old system – it really meant something when Bama would shut out a team. Yep. Okay, but now Saban may be up 40 to 3, 42 to 3. And he takes the starters out, puts the second and third string in, and they get a garbage touchdown and it hurts them in in the BCS. Yep. yep. So I, I like the eye test. I always have liked the eye test. I trust my eyes and not data. Yeah. Thank data you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all about the eye <clears throat> test. I, <clears throat> I don't need to. I don't need to 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 watch. I mean, I don't need a lot to tell. I can tell you Alabama is probably the best team, one of the best teams in the country. I don't care who they played. I can tell you by watching them play, and and it's the same thing with Oregon. I mean, I can tell they're a pretty good football team. I don't. I don't need them to play twelve ranked teams for me to determine that. I mean, right. a, a lot of people care. But but I'll have one scenario for you. That, that I think an SEC team would have two would have gotten in, and but, well, it wouldn't have been. But if if just say you know when Auburn was ranked higher, Sonia, and, and just say they hadn't have exploded and they and they won out. Just say they they beat everybody in their way, but Mississippi State went undefeated. But Auburn's only loss was on the road at Mississippi State. I think Auburn, with their resume and playing in the game last year, I think they would have made it in had they had been totally a, eleven or one team. I totally agree. They would have made it over Ohio State. Ohio because you, I mean, when you look at Auburn's schedule and you compare Auburn's to Ohio State, and we actually did this. So, you know, I mean, all three of us, what people need to understand, when you listen to the show, Tarvin is a very good friend of ours. So we're always talking on the phone and we're always talking, you know, about games and, and what's going on in the world of sports. So we had these conversations. And we had this conversation and we were like, if you put, okay, you, seriously? Like, really? <laughs> Come on, you can't compare those two schedules. Auburn played the SEC schedule from hell, and I said it right at the beginning of the season. I was like, look, I'm going to be honest. There's two teams, if they went out, they deserve the national championship, and that's Auburn and Florida yep. because they had the toughest schedules out of anybody in college football. I don't care what anybody says. Those two teams had the worst schedule. And don't give me Notre Dame because they picked yeah. their own damn schedule. Yep. I ain't thinking about Notre Dame. Golden Domers need to go just join a conference. We're sick of this. <laughs> and I'm glad that the playoff committee, too, let's be honest, had Notre Dame gotten in, I would have been oh, like, God. y'all, I can keep this BS. I don't want nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to see Notre Dame in 
ever. And I'm sorry, hey. Quinn, if you're out there listening. I'm sorry. I, I just I can't stand it anymore. But hey, it's going to be a, a fun four. I mean, two games. I mean, imagine New Year's Day comes and we got those two games. Not only those, but the other ones. But just imagine how big this is going to be. We're going to find out. Sonia, I won't change the show on you anymore like this. And uh, <laughs> well, what, 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 what were you talking about? Two shows? Did you have another show tonight that you went I to? I did. I, had, I was on at six forty with Sean Stewart. Okay. Yeah, remember our buddy Sean? You've been on his show. Yeah, I have. It's a good show. Yeah. yeah I, I, so I was on with him earlier, and we through. were talking um, uh, Ohio State, Bama, uh, Urban Meyer. It was – he really – the reason I ended up on his show is because you remember my post about Urban Meyer when I said he's a good coach, not a great coach? Yeah. And all those people that jumped on. So he and I were messaging about that, and I was like, dude, check out his record and tell me – the man has an impressive resume, Okay. I'm not saying that he is a bad coach. He's not even an average coach. He is a good coach. He's a great recruiter, okay? But I don't see any development of talent. I don't see with all that talent that you have recruited, I don't. you should have more rings on your fingers, mm-hmm. okay? So let's just be honest. Urban Meyer is a good coach. He might be great someday, all right? If he stays in the game, doesn't have health problems, and has to spend time with his family or some other BS, then he might be great. But at this point, he is not a great coach. I'm sorry. Look at this man's record. Look at the the number of players that he's recruited, okay? And look, compared to Saban and other coaches that you consider great, and you will see a marked difference. So he's not on that great level yet. In order for Urban to be great, he first needs to win national championship in the Big Ten, Mm -hmm. which is very hard to do. Yeah, if, if he, he might even that, have. I mean, <laughs> go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, buddy. No, I mean he has he has to win a national championship in the Big Ten. He has to make the Big Ten relevant again to be considered great. Yep. If he just continues to win Big Ten championships, whoop de doo. Exact. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're winning the SEC championship. I mean, Saban even said he's like Saban said the year that. They lost the SEC championship, but won the national championship. It was hollow. It was hollow. It, something was missing. He's like, we didn't win the SEC. And that really bugged him. Hey, so think know? about this, Saban, though. I mean, you know, Meyer was great when he had Dan Mullen and Tim Tebow. If you think about uh-huh. it, Dan Mullen was offensive coordinator. How many champions? Saban's winning the national championship with a different offensive coordinator every year. Thank you. Thank you, Tarvin. Thank you, because that was going to be my next point. I am so sorry for all you Ohio State fans that are upset that I'm talking about your coach. But your coach, we've been watching him longer than you have, okay? We just understand that he was down here first, so we know what you got. But you, but you said it, Tarvin. He wins it with new offensive coordinators, mm-hmm. which, which proves my point. You win national championships with defense. And the the, the common yeah. denominator is Saban and Smart. You keep those yeah. two together, you're good. He can flip offensive coordinators all he wants. But he's got a good defense. See, Auburn, Auburn, a... Could score, Auburn scored 44 points in Tuscaloosa, and they couldn't win. Why? Defense. You have to be able no. to stop somebody from time to time. And if you can't, you can. you just can't do it. You can't win. And – Alabama's now how much more dangerous they are because they do have a very good defense. 
but their offense has gotten to be great. So that's even well, more scary now. Exactly. And see, like, going back to Meyer, okay, let's be honest. When that man does not have a star, how does he perform? Mediocre. He's average. He's just like any other, you know, 10 and 2, you know, okay, you got a successful season, but that's all you get. So if he doesn't yep, have talent, I totally agree. Urban can't perform. Yep, yeah, I mean, and, and look, I mean, Ohio State is full of talent, but I'm going to tell you something. Like I said earlier, I don't know if you were listening earlier when I watched the show. I watched the Ohio State-Wisconsin game, went back and watched the film. There's a big difference in Alabama speed and Ohio State speed, and I don't think people are even talking about that right now. I'm telling dude, Jason said the exact same thing. He, he made the point because somebody, it was, uh, I think in one of our groups somebody had said something, he was like, keyword. Big Ten defense, not SEC defense. Big Ten speed, not SEC speed. So, yes, Urban spent time in the SEC. Yes, he's developed the Ohio State defense into a, you know, top Big Ten defense. But you need a complete package. Do I give him credit for what he's accomplished this year? Heck, yeah. He, I mean, think about it. He is one of the final four to compete for the national championship. Got to give him credit for that. Every team that's up there, all get my respect. But you cannot hang success on one season or two seasons. No, it's called consistency. And with him, he he has he's consist he has consistent winning seasons, but he's stagnant. It's it's like almost like Rick on a lower level. You know what I mean? It's he, like he can't get over, he can't exactly. get over that hurdle. And that's how I, I see exactly Urban. And that's talking about. Yeah, that's how I was like the same with Rick. Rick is a good coach, but he's not a great coach. How many rings does that man have? I'll wait. Zero. Okay. <laughs> with all that. And I'm talent, sorry. With all, all these chances. people that want to talk about you know what counts and what doesn't. I'm sorry. Count, national championships count. Don't sit here and tell me, oh well, we have five, ten win seasons, and what's in your trophy case? Nothing. Okay, so go sit over in the corner. Just go sit and spin. <laughs> yep, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see, and we're gonna break these games down. We'll have all you on. We'll break them all down. But I'm gonna have to go tonight. But thank you both for joining me. And then no problem at all. Show. Anytime we enjoyed it. We'll go first. All right. Both out. Sunday night, Sunday night, we'll talk more about the Gophers and uh, we'll start talking about these bowl games. But thanks, guys. Sonia, feel better. Jason, take care. We'll see y'all Sunday. All right. Take care, Ed. All right. Bye.